a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us for Let's Get Moving. Today we're going to talk about exercising outdoors during the cold winter months. Joining me is Brett Mackiff. He's the physical activity coordinator for the state of Utah. And Brett, what should we be thinking about as the weather gets colder and we're in the outdoors exercising? Well, first thing, we're not Southern California, and apparently we have these things called seasons. So <laughs> there's a hard one. And surprisingly, we do definitely do the big season thing. So, I mean, think about what's coming up with winter and all the things that go along with it. We're cold. We've got some good, you know, temperature fluctuations. I mean, around here we could have, you know, single digits and then be up in the 40s. So, you know, depending on what your day is going to be like, really depends on what's going on outside. And then the amount of snow and ice that we deal with. So, again, those are all things we have to take into account when we're trying to say what's going to make it work for me to be physically active this winter. What about our inversions? Do we really need to worry about what we're breathing into our lungs? Oh, yeah. Sometimes around January, we start looking around saying, do I really want to be out in that? Maybe that's not the right place for me. So let's talk about runners for a second. People who run outdoors do it because they like being outdoors. So how do they stay safe? So, well, there's a couple things to think about before you consider even what type of activity. I mean, if you're going to be running, you're going to be out cross-country skiing. Maybe you're just going to be ice skating, at, you know, down on a rink outside somewhere just to be out. Well, there's a, there's a, a common misconception that if you're out in the cold, that automatically you're going to be burning more calories. Well, not really, unless I know it sounds so wonderful, but we do want it. But unless you're shivering almost uncontrollably, then it becomes you're really not burning that many calories. So if you feel off, right off the bat that uh, you have to be outside and that being outside is better than being inside, maybe reconsider. Because, again, there is a good balance there. What's going to work best for you? And if it means not being out in that cold is your best thing, maybe that's okay. Uh, so you think when you're out running, you, you're you used to going out in the summer, the spring, and the fall. You, how do you usually dress? You know, I mean, you throw on some shorts, maybe uh, if, if it's cold, a long sleeve shirt. Well, here we are in those negative degree temperatures sometimes, you start thinking, what do I really need to be wearing out there? Uh, first off, the it's shocking how much hyperthermia or getting too hot happens during the winter months as people overdress for activity, uh, uh, particularly when they wear a like a very large parka or something that's just one big layer with lots of poofy fill and all that, uh, as opposed to wearing layers. Now, we, we're used to it. If you've been in Utah a while, you say, yeah, we know the weather's going to change a lot, so we would dress in layers. But as you, you go into your activity, the more activity you do, the warmer you get, the more of those layers you need to strip off. So think about a lot of thinner layers as opposed to one or two big layers. So 
that's the, probably where I'd start off first is it's, it's, yeah, we want to prevent being too cold, but at the same time, we don't want to overheat. Um, Runners in particular, because you're doing a real dynamic activity, something that's requiring a lot of big muscles to work, uh, you're going to think about what you're going to do for your warm-up before. Because if you just went right out the door into a run, those muscles aren't quite ready for it. And it's cold, so the blood seems to be uh, a little bit restricted. And it kind of has this argument of, do I want to get the blood out to you know the muscles where the work's being done, or do I try and keep it in my core to keep myself from freezing? And we end up with some really tight muscles, uh, muscles that aren't being perfused, having blood flow go through them as much as, as we would like. Uh, so a dynamic warm-up's a really good idea. Even if that means you do your warm-up, before you go outside, just as a way to kind of get the, the body all primed and ready to go. Right. So that's a that's a big part of of that running style is making sure that you have a good warm up. And also, when you come in from your run, you don't want to come straight into a hot you know living room where all of a sudden you're feeling overheated and you like I'm going to go back outside and just cool off, stand out on the porch or something. So, I mean, those are some things to start with. We're obviously concerned about issues such as uh, frostbite and frost nip and all those little things that just come from not having enough blood flow out to those extremities, especially the tips of the ears. So one of those layers, always good to have a, either those little uh, ear bands, yeah, kind, of like a, like, like, band. yeah, kind of like a headband. Okay. If, it, if you feel like you overheat too much on your head, those work really well, or at least a, a cap of some sort. Right. What about your feet, though? One of the reasons I don't like running outside during the winter is I don't like watching my feet, and I'm afraid I'm going to slip and fall. Yeah, and how you actually do a lot of of your placement. I mean, we hear a lot of discussion of walking versus running, and which one of your of those activities is going to be more likely to result in a slip, and it ends up being it's about you know, sixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we feel like we have a little bit more short-footedness in the way we, we run because we are putting a little bit more weight on, and we're getting a lot of direct force on that, so it's not as much as we might think. But you do have to watch where you're going to be running or walking or whatever you're going to be doing. Uh, maybe the sidewalk isn't always the best place, uh, depending on the time of day. Maybe you want to find a, a place near a park where you can have a little bit more space in the in the trail. Because um, a lot of times we don't get the sidewalks cleared in enough time, you know, especially if you're an early morning runner and things like that. Um, sometimes running in the street can be rough because you don't always know where those snowplows are going to put the the snow and you can't quite see the the snow depth where you're going to be. So yeah, it's it's a big issue to pay attention to. So maybe you find you're going to do your workout a little bit later on in the day or even into the evening. What about our inversions? Do we really need to worry about what we're breathing into our lungs? Uh, simply put, absolutely we need to because not only are where we're going to be running is often right next to the cars where you know we're maybe three feet away from an exhaust pipe. You know, we are pulling a lot of that into our lungs. And the more vigorous our activity is, the more air we're pulling into our lungs, the more of that exhaust we're pulling in. So while it's nice to have uh, a good you know, energy boost in the morning, maybe we want to reconsider the time of day we're going to be doing our activity, such as um, avoiding rush hour traffic time. Or if you are, find a place that's a little bit away. Even if it's just... 20, 30 feet away from the roadway, it's going to make enough of a difference. As a physical activity coordinator, how do you balance the advice you give people? I mean, exercise is so individual. 
if being outdoors is going to mean the difference between exercising and not exercising, I can see where it can be hard to make a recommendation to say, hey, move indoors. Um, especially coming from, you know, a guy who's lived here in the mountains his whole life. I want to be out. And we always say, wouldn't it be great just to have everybody go up in the mountains, get away from all this inversion? But at the same time, I have to balance that idea of, well, we're driving up the canyon, adding to that exhaust. And, you know, what do we really need to do? Well, Sometimes being indoors is surprisingly comfortable. For instance, if you're a cyclist, using a trainer as opposed to getting your actual bike out on the road. Um, and it's, sometimes they're using the exact same bike. You just put it onto a little, essentially they're like rollers and they're really oh, comfortable. Yeah. Um, running on a treadmill versus running on a road is very, very different. You're using slightly different muscles. Uh, for instance, if you stick your foot out in front of you on a treadmill and it'll come back behind you comfortably, very nicely. You do that on the road and you end up looking like you're just standing <laughs> oddly. And it's, yeah. it's great. So you're using a little bit more things like uh, hamstrings, a little bit more glutes. You're getting some stabilization on some of those uh, muscles within the legs. So if we are going to switch from going outdoors to indoors and you have access to a treadmill, there's a couple of things you can do to kind of mimic that. To kind of take the the angst of, oh, I'm stuck indoors, what am I going to do now? Um, increase the incline from, for instance, if you're at a 0%, bring it up to about a 1 to a 1.5, and that will help mimic the amount of hamstring involvement that you'd probably want to uh, bring back in. But yeah, uh, getting people who love to be outside and bringing them indoors, it's almost like you have to find a way to get them out in the sunshine a little bit later on just for that mental health. Right. Uh, well, vitamin D, vitamin too. D, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Any other suggestions for folks? Uh, the the idea that it, if it's cold, you can't do any activity, that's really not always the case because even a simple walk in the snow is adding difficulty. It's like running on a beach, that ability to take all that energy that you would be bouncing back into your tendons and ligaments and helping you move faster gets all dissipated into that snow or on the beach into the sand. So you actually can get quite a bit of a workout just with a brisk walk. Uh, there are a couple things I definitely keep in mind. Um, the temperature is one thing. The uh, impact on the lungs themselves is quite another. So, for instance, if you've ever heard the term exercise-induced asthma, mm -hmm. um, cold-induced asthma is also a very thing. So even if you may not have it in a, a case where it's all the time, but athletes who have asthma in many cases are really uh, – triggered almost. I don't know if that's the right word we yeah, want to use. Is probably a good word, uh, right? to, to, there's a little yeah. bit more of that inflammation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Within the lungs. And that can happen to all of us too, is the, that cold air rushing into our lungs can really shift the way our lungs react. And if you've been out for a brisk walk or a run after, in a really cold environment, you're coughing, you're hacking, it's your lungs saying, what did you just do to me? Um, exactly. Maybe uh, use a scarf, maybe use a face mask, something to help warm the air before it gets into your lungs. Also, you're dealing with very dry air typically in Utah winters, and that allows the, the moisture, the humidity to kind of keep those lungs from getting irritated so much. Cold is different for all of us. I'm just going to admit that I'm wimpy. So when is it at a low temperature or a dangerous level that we really need to think about? That, and that would be very much the individual. I, mean, I know some people who will be out there in the, the negative numbers, and they're just brave souls, and I'm not. No I, I'm afraid I'm it. not that right. awesome. So I, I, I will go with if I'm feeling like there's pain, um, even just breathing. We, we always hear those comments, why do I live in a place where it hurts to breathe? Uh, maybe that's just 
uh, enough, or maybe you That's can adjust it. Thing. Exactly. Just go on what your own comfort level is. Uh, pay attention to those red air days. That would probably be one of those things to really listen to, you know, what, where are we on, on yellow air, red air days, and be alert that maybe today's not the right time to deal with that the car exhaust. But for the most part, if you're feeling uncomfortable, it's not going to result in you being happy later on in the day. Right. We are supposed to be benefiting our bodies and not doing harm. Brett, thanks for doing this today.